Welcome back to another episode of Jake's Takes. My name is Jake. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the podcast. And on this week's episode, we are going to be looking at um, a new series that I'm going to be doing, which is going to be looking at some of the worst teams in the NBA and trying our best to make these teams better, either by making them a playoff team or making them um, setting them up for the future, um, whether that's adding draft picks, young players, getting rid of uh, contracts that they don't need, and just um, in theory, um, overall making them a much better squad. And so, yeah, this is basically what we're going to do at this point. Um, and we're starting uh, with our first one, which is going to be the Sacramento Kings. Now, Sacramento is a team that has had a lot of um, issues, uh, a team that is not the greatest overall. Um, and uh, they've never been a good team for the long uh, term. The last 10 years or so, they haven't really been a playoff team, and they just haven't had success. So, you know, at this point, um, we're going to try and see if we can kind of retool them in the right direction. So, they have a bunch of contracts that are kind of big, um, but some of them are worth it. So, they have $24 million tied up to Buddy Heald. Harrison Barnes tied up with $22 million. Uh, Heald's four years, Barnes three years. You have um, De'Aaron Fox who makes $8 million this year, but he's poison-pilled, meaning next year he'll be $28 million. He just signed a big extension, and it goes up from there um, for a few years. Um, so, yeah, let's just say, um, besides that, they're pretty set on smaller contracts, and so we're going to try and uh, make things uh, a little bit better. So the first trade we're going to do is um, an easy one um, because it gets rid of Harrison Barnes, and it opens up some uh, cap space because you're not bringing that much back in return so this is taking the boston celtics rumors and their trade exception and using it on harrison barnes who's having a great year 16 almost 17 points and six rebounds so celtics will get harrison barnes and the kings will get um, romeo langford who while he's been hurt is definitely someone who um at this point um you know, could use um, a new change in scenery, hasn't really played for the Celtics with um, injuries. And, um, you know, maybe Sacramento can get something out of him. I think he's falling down the depth charts, especially with now Harrison Barnes coming in. Um, plus you have Nesmith and a bunch of other guys, and I don't really see him getting the minutes right there. So we're going to trade him to the Kings. We're also going to trade a uh, 2023 second-round pick from Dallas, Miami, or Houston, which... Um, yeah, one of these goes to the Celtics. Um, and then at this point, we're also going to throw in, which it won't even convey, but we're throwing it in anyways, a Charlotte 2022 second round pick to Boston protected from selections 31 to 55. It's not conveyed in that range. Um, and so you could argue that Harrison Barnes is worth a first round pick, um, but the fact is you're getting Langford, who's 21, and second round pick. And the other second round pick probably won't convey, but you're throwing that in as well. Um, that's good enough, which means you're going to open up about $19 million in cap space. Um, and then the Celtics will take on Harrison Barnes at the moment. So, yeah, that's a pretty good move for the Celtics and for the Kings. Um, then we're going to move on to another team and another player, which is going to be our guy, Buddy Heald, who will be going from... 
um, the Kings to Atlanta. So we are going to basically be trading a few players, um, and basically John Collins is the key piece making his way um, to the Kings. And then we're going to see, um, besides Buddy Heald, um, a few other players get uh, moved around uh, as well. So the framework of this deal is going to be the Hawks getting Buddy Heald and Robert Woodard for um, salary reasons, and then Chris Dunn, John Collins, and Tony Schnell um, going to the Kings. And so John Collins is obviously the most important piece. He's 23. He's um, a very talented power forward who I think can be a cornerstone of your team. Yes, you'll have to pay him, but maybe he's not going to be as much as Buddy Heald. And you he also opened up a ton of cap space from trading away Harrison Barnes, which I think they're more than happy to pay John Collins that money and go from there. So I do think John Collins is about as good of a player as you can get. And he's someone that really would uh, really make their team better. So John Collins is the piece. I don't know if you need to add draft picks in. I don't know on the scale if Buddy Heald and John Collins are equal value. If you know, you're Sacramento, you have to add in draft picks going to Atlanta. Either way, this is just the framework of the deal. And you're getting John Collins in there um, with uh, already some great players. So Buddy Heald's out. John Collins is in. You have point guard Darren Fox, shooting guard Tyrese Halliburton. Power forward would be John Collins. And then you have Marvin Bagley and Rashawn Holmes, both of which at this point are guys who could be at the center position or um, one of them could get traded, which um, we will potentially see that take place. So um, we're going to say, since Marvin Bagley has indicated that he does not want to be here, then we are going to make a Marvin Bagley trade. He is a power forward, and so we are going to uh, trade him away um, for a small forward because I do believe that um, that is a position that they uh, could use. Um, and so that is um, what we are going to do there. And we are going to go to the San Antonio Spurs, um, to make that happen and we are going to be adding somebody who's been having a pretty solid season he's 21 years old Keldon Johnson is going to be the main piece coming back in this deal uh, Marvin Bagley will be going to the Spurs um, and then we are going to have to add in some salary to make um, it match um, you need about another six and a half million going from um, the Spurs to um, the Kings and so I guess to do that we are going to trade away someone Rudy Gay he makes 14 million um, he is going to be thrown into this deal um, to make things work um, he's a one year and he'll be expiring um, and so yeah Rudy Gay is going to be thrown into the fire um, alongside Keldon Johnson and then we are going to throw in a 2022 uh, top 15 protected lottery first round pick to the Kings. Because I do think Marvin Bagley is better than Keldon Johnson. And I think um, that would work. Um, if the Spurs make the playoffs, it doesn't even matter. They get to keep the pick and it just expires after 2022. So I think this is a good trade for the Kings because um, they do get... 
um, their future at the small forward. Um, so Kelton Johnson is their small forward. And we have um, Rashawn Holmes at center. We have um, John Collins at the power forward. And then the two guards uh, filling in those positions. Then we have, um, you know, some other players that I think can get traded. Um, some guys with, um, you know, potential um, such as uh, Hassan Whiteside and uh, Beljinka is having a pretty solid season. Maybe Corey Joseph. So let's see what we can do with some of these other players um, and see where they can go. So the 76ers have had interest in Beljinka, and we are going to trade him to the 76ers. Um, and so we have to, at this point, add in uh, some salary filler. So this is actually going to be a two-player uh, deal. So we're going to do Corey Joseph and Nemjala Beljinka going to the 76ers. And then in return, we are going to see uh, Danny Green and two second-round picks going to uh, the Kings. You could argue maybe a first-round pick needs to go, but I don't think so. Now, Danny Green is a, a big part of their team as one of the wings on um, the 76ers, but I think you can fill that with Beljinka, who can play small forward, and I think having Corey Joseph as a veteran point guard off the bench behind Seth Curry I think could be something uh, good for them because they have a lot of guys already who can play the wing um, between Thibault, Terrence uh, Ferguson, who doesn't get a ton of minutes, Furkan Korkmaz. So I think um, this is a good move right there, adding in um, some second-round picks and um, making that situation work. Um, and then uh, we are going to move on to our next... Um, and final trade here, which is going to include Hassan Whiteside getting moved, and we are going to also um, see Jabari Parker get moved. And I think both of these guys um, are veterans who, I guess, um, are having um, decent seasons. Uh, by no means are they uh, the greatest players, but I do think they uh, have uh, a lot of talent and I think would be uh, great uh, on whatever team. And so I'm going to go with the Dallas Mavericks is where they go. And so the deal is going to be Hassan Whiteside and Jabari Parker for Dwight Powell and a second-round pick. I think Hassan Whiteside can be a great center for them, and you know he can be one of the guys in their rotation. Jabari Parker can be a wing off the bench. I think he's been underperforming just as a career hole, seeing as he was the second overall pick. But I do believe he could have a resurgence with Dallas. Um, kind of being that wing off the bench, getting power forward minutes, small forward minutes. So between those two, I think it's a good deal. Dwight Powell is more of a, a throw-in for salary reasons and a second-round pick, which you can't complain. So I think that's pretty solid. You know, you have Rashawn Holmes, you have uh, John Collins, um, and you have... Halliburton, you have uh, Darren Fox, Keldon Johnson, and some other players off the bench. So this is a little bit of a better Sacramento Kings team. They added some draft picks and mostly second-round picks, but um, I think you get rid of some of these guys that you don't really need, and you're kind of bringing in some younger guys to develop your team a little bit. And with that core, that starting group, you can, I guess, really make things work, and um, I think that's a good situation 
And so I like it a lot. I think um, Sacramento, that's kind of the best way they can go with it and what they can do. Um, yeah, and I don't see why uh, this really would not work out. So I am a, uh, a fan of uh, what's going on. And so that's uh, our look at the Sacramento Kings. So um, now we're going to switch a little bit of, uh, of gears to some other news involving the NBA. Uh, we have um, Joel Embiid, who is out for about two weeks. Um, we also have Anthony Davis, who is out for another two more weeks. We have Eric Gordon, who's going to miss four to six weeks. A lot of guys, you know, having... Um, you know, injuries and sitting out games. That definitely hurts uh, the Rockets, Eric Gordon being out because he could have been traded. Um, now, I don't know if he will be. There was uh, the first trade of the NBA trade deadline, even though it's very early in the trade deadline, but it's the first one we have, which is the Oklahoma City Thunder have agreed to trade Hamandu Diallo to the Detroit Pistons for guard Siv Mikhailuk in a 2027 second round pick. Basically, Lou Dort's been playing great. Diallo has been expendable, and he is getting traded for a small forward in Mikhailuk, who um, really doesn't work well, but could um, help out, um, you know, uh, where he's going. And they have um, a good team around them. Pistons general manager Troy Weaver was an executive with the Thunder when Diallo was selected, so he has um, experience and knows what... Um, is going on with um, Diallo from the Thunder situation. Um, he's averaging career highs and scoring 11 points in rebounds, 5 and assists, 4. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a good pickup for a team in Detroit that really doesn't know what they're doing. I think OKC doesn't really need him, and so obviously um, you can't complain about that. A second-round pick, which is um, going to OKC, of course, uh, adding more draft picks. Um, Second-round picks don't hurt. So I think this is a good move. I think um, both of these guys will uh, will work out, hopefully. And it could be um, a good one for sure. And I think it's uh, a small move, but a move nonetheless. Um, and, uh, yeah. Then we have um, some news on Karius Levert, who is uh, expected to make his... Um, start with the Pacers his first appearance with the Indiana Pacers um this season um and um you know he will be playing against the Phoenix Suns so he went uh under surgery uh to remove a cancerous mass in January and um basically it was figured out after the Brooklyn Nets trade which he was a part of and so he uh, has been practicing with the team, and he's getting ready to go. I honestly think he's going to be a great piece here. He will fit in very nicely, um, and he's averaging, or he was averaging, 18 points and six assists for Brooklyn before the trade. So he's honestly getting ready, getting back, and they're getting ready, and hopefully things are uh, they're looking good. And so he is um, a very uh, good player and I think he will uh, fit in uh, nicely um, as well so uh, yeah then I'd like to talk about this other story which actually involves college basketball but involves a former NBA player so um, I guess the New York Knicks have had their fair share of issues with some of their former players and especially those guys who gave them a lot of great memories 
And back in the day, there was, um, I think a f few years ago, there was an issue between James Dolan and Charles Oakley. Um, and Oakley played for a good portion of his uh, career in uh, Madison Square Garden with the Knicks. Um, and that's sort of his thing. And then we get this new uh, situation, which is um, involving probably the best New York Knicks player of all time, in my opinion, Patrick Ewing. So Patrick Ewing is the head coach at Georgetown, which is um, part of the Big East College Basketball. Uh, they play their tournament um, in Madison Square Garden. And apparently Patrick Ewing said um, that every time he goes to Madison Square Garden, whether it's for the Big East tournament or for something else, he always gets carded and always gets his ID checked. And they always ask for it, which... He was uh, having a big rant in uh, one of the press conferences saying that I made Madison Square Garden, I made the New York Knicks, and they're giving me, you know, they're making me check ID. They should know who I am. So a little frustration. Um, obviously, James Dolan has uh, not been the fan favorite uh, between um, players and fans and former New York Knicks guys. And so um, this is just another example. Um, Patrick Ewing, obviously is such a legend in New York. I mean, I don't know if anybody doesn't know him. And I'm assuming that this is in part just security doing their job. But if you know that's Patrick Ewing, even though he doesn't have the same hair, um, you should easily be like, oh, I'm just going to let this slide because, you know, I think um, he is about as good of a player for the Knicks as they've ever had. And, you know, he's a legend. So um, I'm surprised that they still card him. You know, I feel like there are certain people that if they walk through the door, you don't really card them. I think, you know, for example, Magic Johnson, you know, is no longer a part of the Lakers as the player of basketball operations. But if he walks through Staples Center, I'm pretty sure people aren't going to card him. You know, if Larry Bird walks through the garden, I'm not expecting any of the Celtics security to be like, oh, let me see your ID. They're probably like, okay, Larry, go through. Because they know that. Michael Jordan goes to Chicago. I'm sure they don't card him because he's the legend of the Bulls. But I guess Patrick Ewing gets that, uh, even though he's the greatest um, New York Nick they've ever had. So, yeah, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Tune in to next week's where we discuss more basketball news and topics.